to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Kelvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be giving you guys a fantasy football draft guide for the 2020 season. So, and over the last few weeks, we've been giving you guys positional previews for fantasy. Today, we're going to give a draft guide, where for each position, we're going to answer like three main questions, basically about the position and about important guys there. We're going to give you guys players to target and players to avoid as well for each position. We're going to do that for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And at the end of the show, we'll discuss draft strategy for defenses and kickers. Um, Chris, I got that usual excitement uh, rush before the podcast. Um, I know you're excited mm-hmm. to be here too. And I think this might be like, I, I think I have a feeling this is going to be one of our best episodes ever. Yeah, probably. I, I'm really excited to, like normally we do sleepers and busts and we talk more about players. But one of the things that I kind of like, and I kind of pride myself on, I don't, I'm not like the greatest. I'm pretty good, I'd say, at like ranking the players. But when it comes to draft strategy and knowing when to take players, I think that's one of my strong suits. So hopefully this will be a fun episode. Yeah, I mean, of course, we are fantasy experts. So Chris was like low end expert at, or not, maybe not low end. No, I'll not say, even low end. I'll say middle. I'm I'll average. Say middle end. I'm average. Average. You know, fantasy expert though. Well, I mean, no, you know I'm, enough I'm about average fantasy, fantasy expert. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, average fantasy expert at ranking and insane at draft strategy. So this is going to be – Chris should be dominating me here, but hopefully he does it and it'll be really funny. So in our debates, I mean. So we'll get started. We've got a couple of pieces of news to report before we get started, and one is huge for fantasy. Um, Damian Williams, Chiefs, Chiefs running back Damian Williams, has opted out of the 2020 season uh, due to COVID-19 concerns. And – um. Chris, this is, I mean, we can talk, I mean, obviously I respect Williams' decision, but this is a fantasy podcast, so naturally we're going to be talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who as a rookie is now stepping into the pure starting role in one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. So Chris, where do you have Edwards-Hilaire next season? Where does he jump to with this uh, news? I mean, that was actually one of my concerns with Edwards-Hilaire. I felt like people were jumping on his train a little bit too much, not realizing that he's still a rookie. He wasn't projected to go as the number one guy so he might not be the most talented and that I still I still kind of like Damian Williams in some drafts because I felt like he was going very very low but now with Damian Williams out it's clear cut that CEH will be the number one running back in Kansas City so I've got to have him higher I think I have him at number 12 now so a little bit lower than Calvin does. Yeah, I mean, I've got him at RB10, 16 overall. 16 overall. There's nine RBs I like better for now, just because we still got to recognize that he's still a rookie, and rookies don't always pan out the way we want them to. So, I mean, he's RB10, number 16 overall right now, but he's got top five, top five upside. I wouldn't say I'd be shocked if he came into the top five this season. So when you're drafting him, keep that in mind. I think I have him. So I, I would draft him as a borderline top 10 like early to mid second round mm-hmm. and uh, you see his upside. So he's a good upside pick. Yep. So yeah, I mean, in today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot more about overall rankings too, or like um, Chris doesn't have overall rankings on the site, but I think Chris still has some good, like he, he knows where like around the round and early, mm-hmm. like early round, mid round, like he knows where, about where he take these players anyway. So it won't make much of a difference. And then I've got my overall rankings here, of course. Um, so also another piece of news, CJ Mosley has opted out of the season too. And, uh, this definitely hurts the Jets defense, especially after they traded Jamal Adams. I had already dropped the Jets defense out of my top 12 in defenses, but, uh, Chris has now done that with the loss of Mosley. Yeah, it was kind of the, the final straw, uh, 
when Jamal Adams left, I think I moved the Jets defense down to number 12 and said, they're on thin ice, you know, if they lose any more pieces or if anything goes wrong, then they're getting kicked out. And so uh, they lost CJ Mosley. I kicked them out of that spot and I replaced them with the Seattle Seahawks, who I think could go as a sleeper. And they added Jamal Adams. There's a possibility that they could maybe get Jadevian Clowney. And uh, I think they still have Bobby Wagner. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I would have the Seahawks probably a little lower, but I can understand the pick, especially with Adams. I mean, honestly, they might be a good team to move back into the top 12 now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, I think I have the Eagles at number 12, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I-, I might do that. We'll see. But this is episode um, is for Fantasy Draft Guide for 2020, and we'll start with – I mean, before we get to our quarterback uh, – quarterback um, – wait, what am I saying? Quarterback position preview. Uh, I guess we're going to do sort of a bit of free-flow draft talk at each position – and then, like, talk about, like, the very basics of each position. Because I think uh, if you're just starting out fantasy, this is really the episode to listen to. Because um, we're going to be, like, getting – we're it's still going to be, like, advanced stuff, of course. And it's still going to be helpful for more experienced players. But, like, also for, like, just if – for um, less experienced players who just want a draft guide, this is also for you. So it basically mm-hmm. fits all – fits – one size fits all. It fits everyone. So for quarterback, I think the main thing to talk about here before we get started is just when in doubt, wait on a quarterback. Do you agree, Chris? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that a lot of new players especially will fall into the trap of saying quarterbacks score the most points. So obviously that is true. So you, I mean, to someone who hasn't played before, a beginner, they might say, hey, then I should probably draft them the earliest. But the thing is, there's not that much of a difference between some of the top quarterbacks and some of the quarterbacks that you could get a little bit later that makes it worth drafting a quarterback in like the first or second round. It's just not worth it. I mean, a top guy like Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's going as one of the earliest quarterbacks like that we've seen in a while in fantasy, and he's only going late third round in my opinion. And I think that that's a, a good spot to be looking for him. You just want to, you want to, make sure that you're not reaching on a quarterback just because they score the most points because you can easily find them later in the drafts. Yeah, I used to be, or I won't say I used to be that quarterback guy. I never really did because we used to play in like a six-point touchdowns-only league. And in that league, quarterbacks were very important because like they, there was a big difference. There was still a big difference between the best and the worst quarterbacks. But like, I was never really, ever, ever since I started playing like real fantasy leagues, I was never really like that quarterback guy. I've always had people like that in my leagues, but um, yeah, it's just, you got to wait on quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most important things. It, yes. Quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. It's not the most important in fantasy. And like Chris talked about, you know, Lamar Jackson, this guy who many beginners w- might take in the first round, he was like t- our 10th or 11th round pick last year. That shows you, it can be hard to predict sometimes mm-hmm. what quarterbacks will be good to. And there are some good breakouts at the end of the draft. Like we'll be talking about some players to target at QB who aren't Lamar Jackson or Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll be talking about those guys later. But for now, why don't we get started with our big questions at quarterback? And the first specific questions is, I think the top two, Chris and I both agree that the top two quarterbacks go Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And you may be wondering, well, if I shouldn't draft them in the first round, where should I? That's what we're going to answer right now. And uh, so we'll start with Jackson, Chris. Where do you, where would you think Jackson should go in drafts? Uh, Calvin, I, I know that you're a little bit higher on him. I, I'm just thinking late third round. I feel like there's a little bit of injury risk with Lamar Jackson that kind of bumps him down from mid to early third round to late third round for me. And I just, 
I think that uh, there are a lot of better guys, so I'm not willing – I mean, not a lot of better guys. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy, but I think that you can get a much better value when you're picking other guys. And so unless Lamar Jackson is falling to the third round, I'm not really considering him just because I like to set a strong foundation of running backs and wide receivers that kind of build off from my team and make sure that I have guys that I can trust on a weekly basis sort of to do well. And I feel like I get the most trust in running backs and wide receivers and not really Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have Lamar at 33 overall. So I have him the ninth pick in the third round out of standard 12-team half PPR leagues. Um, for those of you who don't know, half PPR stands for half or half a point per reception. Like, points per reception leagues award one point per reception. But we believe that half point PPR is the best because I think full point PPR, where it awards one full point per reception, can uh, just favor wide receivers a little too much in a running backs game, which is fantasy football is a running backs game. And um, yeah, so I have Lamar anyway, like late third round, I guess you could say ninth pick out of 12 in the third round. Um, So yeah, 33 overall. So I about agree where you have him, Chris. I used to have him a little higher, but then I bumped him down because I realized there were just like, I realized I wouldn't actually draft Lamar at the spot I had ranked him. So I moved Mm -hmm. him down. And um. The other question is for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we both agree that Jackson's higher, but like how much higher for you, Chris? Yeah, I actually don't think that Jackson's that much higher than I have uh, Mahomes. I have Mahomes as a mid-fourth rounder kind of. I think you have, you have him the same. I just think that he has a really good chance to rebound, and he kind of had the – I think he had the Madden cover plague a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Had that injury for three games. I don't see that happening again. He's so good, and he has so many weapons, I mean, to open up the field. I just think that their offense is too good. The best offense in the league, their their quarterback is going to be really good. And they already have a super good quarterback. He just got signed to a huge deal. So now he has a something to be playing for, sort of something to be uh, kind of – he has to represent that huge contract that he got. And I think that he's going to. And I think that he has a, definitely has a strong chance to be better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I don't wouldn't say he has a strong chance. I just think Jackson's, like, clearly going to be better – but I think Mahomes can return to his form from two seasons ago. And because obviously he was hurt last season, but he, I think he might've been still a top 10 quarterback or maybe top 12. I'm not exactly sure where, but um, I have him exactly right in the middle of the fourth round, number 42 overall. So the, um, I guess that'd be the sixth pick of the fourth round. So mm-hmm. yeah, right in the middle, Chris, I completely agree about Mahomes. So yeah, I have him nine spots behind Jackson. Just just for me, Jackson's rushing ability just puts him a tier above Mahomes. Mahomes can still run the ball, but he doesn't. It's not the main thing of it for his game. Jackson yeah. like runs like crazy. Mm-hmm. I think he was like seventh in rushing yards last year and he's a quarterback. That's how crazy he is. And that's why you've got to consider him like before the fourth round when in, mo- in like, honestly, I'd say every single year before this, there should never have been a quarterback considered before the fourth round. Maybe maybe Patrick Mahomes when he threw for 50 touchdowns after. Yeah, I mean, season. a lot of people even had Mahomes as mid or late fourth rounders then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I could see that, Mahomes going before the fourth round. But, like, yeah. there usually is not a quarterback mm-hmm. who should. And this year, Jackson, I believe, should go a little bit before the fourth round just because yeah, me too. We, we haven't seen a quarterback quite like him. Like, since, I mean, Cam Newton you could compare, but there's no one quite like Jackson. So Mm -hmm. yeah, with uh, Jackson, I feel like I don't necessarily trust his passing game all the time, but uh, I love his running game. And I think that that's what puts him ahead of Mahomes. I do like Mahomes' passing game more, as I just said, but uh, so I think that that could end up turning in the favor of Mahomes if 
Jackson starts to struggle or comes out to a slow start and, and our teams try and shut down his running ability, they kind of figure out the offensive schemes of the Ravens, which I don't think will happen, but it's a possibility. Then there's definitely a chance that Mahomes, but for now, Jackson is just too dynamic and too good of a runner to uh, not be considered as a number one quarterback. Yeah, I mean, rushing ability can seem like unfair sometimes in a quarterback since quarterback quarterback mm-hmm. passing yards are noticeably watered down so that they like because quarterbacks can pass for like 300 yards in a game mm-hmm. noticeably watered down. But if you get 50 yards and a touchdown, that's 11 fantasy points. That's already about two thirds yeah. of the way to a good quarterback mm-hmm. game. And Jackson gets that like every single game at least. So, yeah, yeah we'll move on now. I think we've exhausted that topic, but we. Another question I think that's interesting is where does where does the next tier of guys go? I think there's a huge like drop between Jackson and Mahomes and where the other guys should go. I have them way down, but for me, I guess I'll say it's early to mid seventh round is where the next tier of guys should go. Which in the next tier is guys are guys like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. I think those are their own tier. But uh, Chris, do you agree about early to mid seventh round? Yeah, uh, I, I think I definitely agree with that. I think that they're, that by the seventh round, you can have like a strong foundation. You'll have your two running backs, your two receivers at least. Then you'll maybe have, you'll maybe have a tight end if you're going for one of the better tight ends. And then you can get an extra running back, an extra wide receiver. So you have enough depth at other positions for me to be taking a, a good quarterback because then I feel comfortable that I, that I can start to kind of fill my bench and I can start to, get a good quarterback that I know I can trust. The only player out of this list that I'd really consider maybe taking like above pick 70 is Russell Wilson, just because I'm really high on Russell Wilson next year. But uh, I do like Prescott a lot. Murray and Watson, I somewhat like, they're not my favorites, but I think that they could definitely be really good. So all of those guys, if you kind of have to pick from that tier of four, I think if you like all four of them, which one you have to see which one is going to drop. And I think if one of them drops, then you've got to snag him maybe towards the, uh, uh, towards the later end of the seventh round, if one of them does drop, but at the moment, I think that they are all very viable mid seventh round picks. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like there's Kyler, Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson out of these four, I think are the least likely to drop to the seventh round, just because Watson's like generally overhyped, just because he's got a name mm-hmm. value. And um, because, by the way, don't draft for name value. That's huge because there's yeah. guys that you've heard of, like that maybe like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, who aren't who you might take. Don't take them as high as their name makes you think they sh- you should. Because Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's borderline top ten for me. Aaron Rodgers is outside of my top twelve for quarterbacks. Like that just shows you something. Don't take them early just because you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think the guys most likely to drop to the seventh round, I'd say Russell Wilson is the most likely, followed by Dak Prescott. Both of those guys are very undervalued for me. I like Prescott more, but um, I think if you're looking for a quarterback in the early seventh round and you're hoping someone drops, I think Wilson is the most likely to get to you. And I'd be happy with Wilson. I mean, Wilson's not far behind Prescott for me. I, I think I think actually, I, I don't know if Wilson necessarily would. I think I'd say Prescott is the most likely, just from – mock drafts that I've seen. I, I mean, once uh, they added C.D. Lamb, I feel like he jumped a little bit. Maybe, yeah, that, that's kind oh, of true. I mean, well, yeah, Wilson seems to be nowadays, like, the guy who goes, like, number six out of the top six quarterbacks. Like, that's what I've – I mean, Prescott maybe uh, – Prescott's usually the number five, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Murray – Kyler Murray's a little bit overhyped just yeah, because – I mean, just because they signed DeAndre Hopkins does not automatically mean that he's going to uh, jump to a top, like, three – top three quarterback, which maybe a lot of people think. I think he'll be a top five borderline, 
But like Prescott and Wilson are more proven and they have tons of upside as well. So I'd rather have them than Kyler. Murray. Yeah, the difference is Prescott and Wilson are proven quarterbacks with solid weapons. I mean, DK Metcalf is bound to take a step up next year. Tyler Lockett is a solid all around kind of catch a lot of passes sort of receiver. But Murray only has Hopkins. We haven't seen the chemistry there. We don't know how that offense is going to look, how Hopkins is going to fit into that Cliff Kingsbury offense. So there are a lot of question marks. And that's going to kind of throw me away from Murray. I'm not necessarily – I'm definitely not targeting Murray. I'm not avoiding him because I think that if he's in that tier of guys and he's the one that falls, which I don't think is happening in a lot of drafts, then I might be taking him. But uh, if I have the choice between the top four, I'm definitely going with Prescott or Wilson and most likely Wilson. Yeah, I think for me, I would go, yeah, I, I would go Prescott, but like, it's, uh, it's a, an interesting conversation, but you have to remember, another thing to remember is that all of these top six guys have rushing ability. That's how huge rushing mm-hmm. ability is in a fantasy. And you may say, oh, Prescott doesn't have rushing ability. Look at his stats. He had over, I mean, not huge rushing numbers, but he put, got a few touchdowns, got over 250 rushing yards. That's a good boost to his, his fantasy value. So he can still run the ball if he needs to, and he mm-hmm. has proven that he can run the ball. Yeah, so, he's kind of similar to Patrick Mahomes in the way that he doesn't – he's not really known for his running, but he does run sometimes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is more known for, like, scrambling out of the pocket, mm-hmm. making insane throws. He he runs sometimes, but, like, it's not it's he's more not known it's, for his scrambles. Yeah, like, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is more of an east-to-west runner, kind of, to, to get good opportunities to pass and throw it out of field and make some crazy athletic plays. So that's kind yeah. of what his style of running is more scrambling. Yep, I think so. So, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, those are specific questions. We've only got two for quarterback because I think uh, there's not really a ton of interesting questions at quarterback, but uh, we've only got – or it, those are basically the two interesting ones. We'll go to players to target and players to avoid now. And uh, so, Chris, you can start off. We just talked about the, our first players to target. I've got – you've got Russell Wilson, who, I mean, I would kind of target too, and I've got Dak Prescott. Yeah, and I think that these two could end up falling kind of out of that top four tier, and then that makes them an obvious target. But even if they are in there, they're still a target for me because I think that they're just going to have a really overall solid year. Russell Wilson can still run really really well as he uh, starts to age, but uh, I think that he has enough weapons to carry him through, and I think that he's he was an MVP. He had, like, in some years where you didn't have a Lamar Jackson, he played an MVP season, and so I think that he could definitely – have another great year and maybe even have a shot at MVP and the definitely I think that he can be a top three fantasy quarterback yeah I mean Wilson's still in his prime I mean he's I guess oh I didn't realize I think he's he was, just he's about in the next few seasons he's gonna start to head out I did not realize he was 31 I was looking that up right now and I yeah. did not know he, I thought he was more like 29 or 30 but I mean 31 he can still play for the next few mm-hmm. seasons he, he'll be fine I mean yeah. I'm not worried about Wilson declining because of age Dak yeah, Prescott neither is a guy I'm really excited for. I mean, as if he he was already my number three quarterback before the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb. So you can imagine that I was kind of mad when his fantasy value got boosted because Prescott was going to be the guy I was targeting, like, basically no matter what in drafts because he was going so undervalued. But, like, now with CeeDee Lamb, people sort of recognize his value more. Not completely, though. Not as much as I think they should. But, like, Prescott is my clear number three QB now that they've got CeeDee Lamb over in that offense. And it's yeah. like Wilson's close, but Prescott's clearly above Wilson. Yeah, I think we both like Wilson and Prescott. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, this isn't one of our usual debates where it's like we hate one of the players, but we both like Prescott and Wilson. It's just like one of us likes Wilson more and one of us likes Prescott more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair, but I just think it's Prescott. So, 
Um, Chris, you can go to your second guy now, um, and I'll talk about mine in a second. But I know th- your second guy is Ryan Tannehill, who you like. I think you like him like more than basically any other expert in the industry or something. I I can't even. I don't even know. Yeah, I really like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he is he really showed. I mean, he when he was with the Dolphins, he was kind of going as a guy like basically everyone thought he was washed up and he was never going to really be a starter for, I mean, he could have maybe been a starter, but he was never going to be a solid starter for any team ever. And then he came onto the Titans. He started in week three and still managed to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Derek Henry clears up so much uh, space. He makes sure that there are no, there's no double coverage in the secondary because they have to put so many guys in the box. They have a young receiver, AJ Brown, who I really like next year. He's a really good deep threat. Ken Hill showed he still has a solid arm and the Titans were willing to throw in the red zone despite having Derrick Henry, I mean, that's why Hanhill was able to get so many touchdowns. And I think that's important because for a quarterback with such a good running back, you have to make sure that they're still going to get touchdown throws and touchdown opportunities. And I feel like Mike Rabel is still giving Ryan Tanhill those, even though they do have the monster Derrick Henry. And so I think that that combination is going to be really good. I really like the Titans offense and defense. They're one of my like sleeper Super Bowl contenders. And so obviously I'm probably going to like their quarterback. And uh, I think that, he had such a strong completion percentage as well. His touchdown rate will definitely regress. I mean, that's just, it's inevitable, but uh, I think that it'll still stay among the top tier of quarterbacks. And I think that his yards are good. And he was able to get a few rushing yards last season. Yeah. T- keep in mind, Tannehill was in the upper tier QB one class mm-hmm. when he was starting. So regression wouldn't be too bad for him. Also, we saw the stat. This is from F- pro football focus. I think it's red zone rating or something. Percent mm-hmm. like as a percentage or a decimal, uh, Ryan he was Tannehill. Best in the league. Yeah, he was best in the league. So that proves something. Yes, his touchdowns will go down because he got a little lucky. But like he was so good in the red zone that he'll still be above average in the league next year. He's mm-hmm. not gonna. You can't be like, oh, if he drops to the league average, he goes out of the top twelve. Like I don't even think he. <laughs> I don't even think he does go out of the top twelve if that happens. But he goes uh above the league average. So I'm trying to remember where I have Tannehill. Um, I need to pull. I'll have to pull up my rankings to see. But yeah, yeah I'm I checking think... up. I'm checking up on his ADP right now, just so because I have him as like I think I have him as my number eight quarterback. I like him so much next year. I think that he's gonna have such good value. I think that uh, he's really a player that could win you a league. I think that if you make a good decision and you could even get him as a backup. I mean, his he's his ADP is so low right now. Yeah, I mean, I have Tannehill at twelve, which is still higher than like some rankings. So. I mean, I just, there are just a number of like veterans that I like a little better, but like, I'm fine with Tannehill. I would be, I I wouldn't say I'm like targeting him at all costs, but I'd be good with having him. Um, I mean, because he's a guy you can get sometimes as a backup and I Mm -hmm. think he's a borderline starter. Uh, Yeah. The thing is he has QB one top tier QB one upside, but he's going as a mid tier QB two. I mean, it's just crazy to me. I think that he can be, he's going to be so good next year. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it will surprise people. He'll be better than people think next year. Um, I've got Carson Wentz as my guy I'm targeting because I have him as QB9. And I would say maybe there were a few other people. Wait in here, Kevin, Kevin, before, before, before you get into Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill's ADP is number 128. Wait, what's that according to? Is that uh, fantasy, fantasy pros? pros. Oh, is, yeah. that, is that his consensus ranking? No, that's his ADP right now. Oh, okay, yeah, that, according to fantasy pros, 128. Hmm. Like, let me see why I have him in my overall. Yeah, I think I'll, while I check, I'll talk about Carson Wentz because uh, Carson Wentz, 
I'm really, I'd be really happy to get Carson Wentz next year. I have him as QB nine, which is definitely higher than where most people have him just because like, I'm really excited for him next year. Um, his rushing ability is there. He was without weapons and still performing pretty well last year, albeit he had a bad, he, he, he had an easy schedule at the end of the year, but he gets Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson back. Alshon Jeffrey, when healthy, has shown he can be a top receiver. Deshaun Jackson's like one of the best field stretchers in the league, even as he ages. And then they got Jalen Rager in the first round, who's a nice de- de- developmental piece. I'm really happy with that for Wentz. I've got him as my number nine quarterback. So I'm really excited for Wentz next year. And, uh, as I check, I have Ryan Tannehill at number 116, so 12 spots ahead of his overall ADP. So I'm very, I'd be very happy to get him at that ADP. Yeah, I, I, that's mid 10th round, which is way too low. That's backup quarterback range. I mean, he's like going top tier backup quarterback. And I think, especially if you're getting like, if you're getting someone like Carson Wentz, who's going to go a little bit earlier, and you like Carson Wentz, which is definitely fair. I like Ryan Tannehill even more than I like Wentz, but then you say, once is a little bit risky. He struggled with injuries. I want to get Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill is a guy that can totally blow up, you know, and he can be a good backup quarterback to Wentz, even if he isn't doesn't live up to like QB eight, which I de- I think he's gonna. I think that he will definitely be QB eight where I have him. But uh, if he does it, then he's still gonna be a solid backup for someone like Carson Wentz, and you can get him at his ADP as a backup, so you don't you're not taking too much of a risk on him, and and you're not really betting on a huge boom season. You're just betting that he's going to put up solid backup uh, quarterback numbers with top-end QB1 upside. I mean, now that I think about it, this is kind of the strat. Go Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, back-to-back. And you yeah, set like, it quarterback. Especially, especially if uh, the, that second tier of quarterbacks where you've got Prescott, Wilson, Murray, Watson, if they're going a little bit too early for your liking, you can get some good running backs and wide receivers. And then once everyone has a solid quarterback, you can just go Wentz, Tannehill, and then you're set. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, both of those guys are undoubtedly going undervalued, and I think we both agree on that. But, like, if if don't just plan like you're going to do that no matter what. Because if you're mm-hmm. mid, in Definitely. the mid-seventh round and you got Russell Wilson there, pull the trigger, especially if you've got your three RBs, two wide mm-hmm. receiver, and, and a tight end already. Like, you've got to get Wilson there. But, like, if they're going too early and you're like, oh, shoot, all the quarterbacks are gone that I wanted. I mean – Wentz and Tannehill should not be gone. They should probably, I mean, there'll be a lull in quarterbacks for sure, because all those people who rush to get one Mm -hmm. will suddenly not need one anymore for a long time. So you can get Wentz and Tannehill right when no one's noticing. Yeah. And, and even in the more experienced leagues, people who are drafting top quarterbacks, they aren't going to be looking to get another top backup like Brian Tannehill. They're going to be looking for a deeper guy like Kirk Cousins, maybe just to kind of fill a role when, when, if, like if something goes wrong with their quarterback or if they can't start one week. So they're not going to be looking for a top guy because they're going to have to be getting a lot, a few extra running backs and wide receivers kind of in the next few rounds to shore up that pick that they missed at number in the seventh round. So yeah. Yeah. But I like what you said, Calvin, don't totally set your plan on doing something because then that can kind of backfire. Yeah. I mean, if it's like you exactly, like you can't just, if there's a guy that really you really want in the Wentz Tannehill spot and like you're like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. Or if there's a quarterback you want earlier and you pass them up, like don't you should not do that. You should go like whatever is bet looks best at the time. Don't pass up Wilson in mid seventh round because you think you're going to get Wentz and Tannehill later. Like that's mm-hmm. a good spot for Wilson or Prescott or whoever falls there if anyone does. But We'll now go to our players to avoid. And uh, Chris is, I think, is Lamar Jackson. Not because if if we were if Lamar Jackson was going where we thought he should go, I we'd be fine with him. But there's no way in almost every single league 
except for like a league of all experts, Lamar Jackson will not go at his where he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's just it's going to happen. I mean, as much as you want to say it won't, unless you're in a very experienced league. I mean, definitely in experienced leagues, people that have been playing fantasy football for a while, you might not have this problem. But for a a beginner league or even an intermediate league, people are going to be enticed into taking Lamar Jackson. And they're going to say, this year is different. This year, the quarterback is so good, which Lamar Jackson is. But that still doesn't give any reason to taking him in the second round. Like, it's just too early. And for that reason, I think you have to avoid him because you don't want to accidentally fall into that trap. And the thing is, like, even in expert leagues, there are some experts who still do the quarterback thing, which is astounding to me because these are like the best in the business and they still make this mistake at quarterback. And like there are, um, I think all, all of my favorite fantasy analysts in the industry don't do this. And I mean, there's a reason why, because those guys are, there's a reason why those guys are the best. They get ranked high in accuracy every single year. Like for example, the fantasy footballers, usually top 10 in accuracy Wait, they wait on quarterbacks like crazy, maybe even more than I do. I'm not even, I think they wait at least, I know they wait at least as long as I do, maybe even more because they, they know about the quarterback issue and they know why they, they have maybe learned their lesson from past years mm-hmm. or I don't know. They just know their stuff. And that's why they're almost, almost always top 10 or top 15 in expert accuracy every single year, all three of them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're the second best fantasy podcast behind us. So, like, if we stop our podcast, I would recommend listening to them. But, like, we're not stopping this podcast for a while, and we're better than them. So, listen to us. <laughs> so, um, That's nice, Calvin. My first one is Aaron Rodgers. My first player to avoid is Aaron Rodgers. And I talked about this earlier. Name recognition. Like, if he was going as quarterback 14 and number 121 overall, I'd be perfectly fine with it. But... I mean, this is maybe more a warning for in beginning and intermediate leagues because, and I mean, there are still a few experts who are a little too high on Aaron Rodgers, but like Aaron Rodgers is just going to be going high in a lot of leagues just because of name recognition too high for sure. Like I'll bet, like I'll bet we were talking about this on our live show, second and goal sports talk, which you can find on uh, an app called sportscaster, S P O R T S C A S T R. You can go to S P O R T S C A S T R.com slash S G sports talk. Um, to find it, but we were talking about in our live show, like about betting all of our marbles, and it was you have to listen, to, you have to watch to find out. But Chris was like saying he, I'm trying to remember what you were betting. You were betting all of your marbles, including your shooter, that, and you bet like your blue marble. What were you betting it on? Oh, uh, hmm. I'm trying I don't to know. I forget. You bet all of your marbles. I don't remember. Chris bet all of his marbles on something. But if I had marbles, I would bet them. Oh, yeah. And then I said I had no marbles and Chris said I lost all of them. But then, no, but then I, um, then I think if I had marbles, I would bet all of them that Aaron Rodgers is going to go higher than 121 overall in your league because of name recognition. Don't fall into the name recognition trap. Just because Aaron Rodgers is a talented player doesn't mean he's going to be good in fantasy. He does not deserve to be a starting quarterback in fantasy, in my opinion. I mean, he's close, but like, People were are I'm I'm almost positive that in most leagues he's going to go higher than 121. Wow. Uh, just so you know, Calvin Patrick Mahomes is going as the number one consensus quarterback on Fantasy Pros. Really? Yeah, and he's going as overall consensus number 24. Wow, that's it's just insane. way too early. I don't know what happened to make Mahomes the number. Wait, what even happened? It used to be Jackson. 
Yeah, and Jackson was like 26, and I was like, oh, that's a little high, but I res- I'm okay with it. I mean, it gets weighted by those people who are like, number 10. Like, <laughs> it, that that does not help. There's still many experts who have Jackson at 33 and Mahomes at 42, I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, let, me, let me see. Uh, I want to check up on something. Quick. All right, while Chris checks someone has Someone has Patrick Mahomes the best as number 13. Um, okay then. Wait, is that his highest ranking? Yeah, his highest. Oh, okay. So that's not as bad as I thought, but like, um, number 13, that's still pretty bad. I would not take Mahomes at 13. Mm -hmm. So, and then to keep in mind that a lot of the times in more beginner leagues, people will take Lamar Jackson in the first round and, uh, it's going to be a disaster for their team. I think in our league last year, someone took Mahomes like number three overall and finished eighth and it was not good, a good year for them. But, um, yeah, so my next quarterback is Matthew Stafford to avoid. And I'm fine with his talent. This is funny, though, because I'm, like, so off of Matthew Stafford. It's kind of funny because, like, in Fantasy Pros is consensus. I know we talk about them a lot. They have great rankings if you want to check them out, but they're not as good as ours. And th- this is the reason why. Matthew Stafford's lowest ranking by any expert on Fantasy Pros' rankings list is number 18. And I have him as QB20. So I have him two spots lower than the lowest. I have him 145 overall, and I believe in his talent. Let me tell you something. If he doesn't get hurt this year, he's a top 12 quarterback. But Mm -hmm. how do we know he's not going to get hurt? I mean, he got COVID-19. Hopefully he recovers, or at least he got in close contact with someone who had it because there's sort of an outbreak on the Lions. But the point is, his back injury is really what limited him. Last year, I think it was limiting him, I guess, near the end of the season. But back injuries have that way of lingering – and so that's why mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not really excited. I think he might play half the season and then just sit out the, the next time. Yeah, I'm not biting on the Matthew Stafford trap because as much as I love his talent and how good I think he could be, I just don't trust the injury the injury risk. Yeah, this is one of I think this might be my boldest take is that Matthew Stafford should be QB twenty like that out mm-hmm. of anything just because like he, he he's go- going so much higher in like every literally everybody's rankings. Like, yeah. literally everyone. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Okay. My uh, second to avoid, it's kind of a, a combo. Because for a more beginner league, it's going to be Tom Brady. Just because I think the Ray name recognition could push him way too high. I think people are going to think, oh, the go Tom Brady. He's going to be so good in fantasy football. For, like, really beginner leagues. <laughs> that, But uh, for a more experienced league, it's got to be Ben Roethlisberger. Because uh, I think that he could still go high because people are counting on a rebound. But I'm... I don't think it's going to happen. I think that 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 arm injury is going to linger. And even if it does go away, he's going to be really rusty. I mean, the first few games of the season are going to be rough. So unless you're getting a solid backup, I wouldn't rely on a – unless you're going to get, like, Ryan Tannehill to combo with Roethlisberger, I wouldn't wouldn't (laughs) be taking Roethlisberger just because I think that there's too much risk there. And it's – there's re-injury risk. Roethlisberger is getting old. He might have to shake off some rust, and it's just overall – I don't love the I don't love the uh, wide receivers either. I feel like Juju Smith uh, Schuster was kind of a letdown last year. I think that that could continue. So not very many weapons in Pittsburgh that I yeah. like. Yeah, we'll talk about Juju later. As that's also one of my boldest picks that I really dislike Juju's fantasy value next year. So I, we'll go. I, to- I don't I don't mind Juju's fantasy value because I think he'll be a little bit better. I think I'm like maybe a little bit below average. Okay, I mean that that's fair. I just think that um. He's going He's going to go too high in most leagues, and we'll talk about that later. But for now, we'll go to, into running back. And I think this is going to be a really long episode, but I think I'm fine. I think it's okay, right, Chris? Because we can just yeah. – I mean, this is our fantasy football draft guide. We can go 
Like as long we as we even, need... I mean, if it, if it ends up being so long, we might even end up just splitting it into two parts or something. I don't even know. I mean, I think we should just keep it. I mean, it's fantasy, your fantasy football mm-hmm. draft guide. If you want to check out more deep position, positional previews, like we're not really going to be talking much about defense and kicker other than draft strategy. But if you want to get our sleepers at the positions, um, you can go to listen to our previous episode. If you want to get like, we're, we left off some guys in our players to target and players to avoid. We have more than just two each. But, and if you want to hear like basically all of them, you can go to our, um, each of our positional previews. That's why we have these, but this is just your basic draft guide. And this is more about overall rankings. So we'll go to running back finally now. And so we've got three questions at running back, not two. And the first question is, I think Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are the consensus one, two. And then, but after CMC and Barkley, who do you have next at RB, Chris? Uh, it's got to be Ezekiel Elliott just because he's so consistent. And I know I can consistently trust him to score a good amount of points and put and give my team that boost that it needs. I know that I know that he's not going to get injured. He's never really had any problems with injuries. Don't have to worry about a holdout or anything this year. We can just focus on good old Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that we're going to get a solid year. And he's going to quietly sort of go as the number three running back. Yeah, I think. Ezekiel Elliott, like, his consistency is one thing. Like, even if there's a guy who scores more fantasy points, you might want Ezekiel Elliott instead, just because his consistency, like, can guarantee you week in and week out that you'll have those points. And if you, especially if you're going to go more risky later in drafts, I think that's a good pick. I originally had Derrick Henry here, but then I realized Derrick Henry beat Ezekiel Elliott by, like, two fantasy points last year. And then I remembered, I mean, Derrick Henry's due for some touchdown regression. Even, I mean, not that not that much, not as much as people think, just because he's so dominant. But I remember his random 75-yard reception touchdown, or receiving touchdown last year. So that would have been 14 fantasy points alone. And, like, Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. That's not normal. So that you can knock that off, and already he's behind Zeke by a little bit. So I, I think I decided to just knock Henry back to my number four running back. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, so I've got Ezekiel Elliott at number three. He's, yeah. I guess he's sort of the consensus number three, but I mean, Chris, you have Dalvin Cook at number four. Do you want to talk about why? Yeah, I think that I'm actually, people like, I feel like Dalvin Cook doesn't have, I don't know, this is a really tough one for me. Like, this is where it's kind of 4A and 4B, I feel like, with Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook. Just because I, or, well, Dalvin Cook is 4A, I guess, and Henry is 4B, just because I feel like Dalvin Cook is going to have a little bit more prowess in the pass catching game and if he stays healthy I think he's going to get better he just racks up so many yards and if he can get in the end zone a little bit more next year I think he'll definitely be better uh like you said like we said earlier Ryan Tannehill was one of the best red zone quarterbacks in the league whereas the uh so he's going to get a lot of touches in the red zone and maybe a lot more passes whereas uh the Vikings were more run heavy and kind of were really running it into the end zone so I think that that'll continue and that could maybe hurt Henry a little bit so I don't know I just I just I'm a little bit worried about Darrington Evans taking away from in the passing game from Henry, so I just put Cook ahead of him. I mean, I'm just going to say that there's not much left to take away from Henry in terms of passing game, so I don't think he's going to decline too much. He'll decline probably a little bit, but he'll still get his touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he'll get yeah. his few catches, and maybe he'll just break off some insane catch <laughs> for a touchdown just because um, yeah, just cause he's that good. Because why not, you know? Yeah, because why not? <laughs> just because he's that good. But, so... Well, we have a question about rookies here. And, um, oh, speaking of questions, like th- we thought of these questions ourselves. These are not listener questions. But if you want to send in questions, we'll almost certainly answer them because we don't get any questions. Because how many fantasy podcasts can basically guarantee that we're going to answer your question? 
Like, not very many. And since we're the best one out there, it's like you've got to go to secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com and send your questions. Um, You can do so. Email us, and we will <laughs> can pretty much guarantee that we will answer them. So, like, basically anything you want to ask. Like, who needs to buy buy things from other fantasy experts when you can just get free questions answered from us? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's perfect. But So we talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire earlier. but And then there's some rookie RBs. I think I've got nine rookie RBs in my rankings. Chris has got only seven. And I think seven is a fair number, too. But CEH, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, clearly the top rookie by far. Number mm-hmm. 16 overall for me. But we've got to rank the rookies after Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And um, I think just for you guys, like this is our rookie preview for running backs in like five minutes. But my first is Jonathan Taylor. I'm not that excited for Jonathan Taylor. I think he could probably take over part of Marlon Mack's role over in Indianapolis for the Colts. But I have him just outside of my top 20, I believe. So I'm not too excited. I just think I ha- the only reason he's my number two is because, I mean, I'm, I like other guys, but not, n- not as much as Taylor. Like Taylor's just pretty much guaranteed to be the number two rookie RB. Yeah, I trust in Taylor that he's going to take over from Marlon Mack a little bit more than you do. I think that that's why I have him, I think, either at 20 or 21, I'm pretty sure. And I think I mean, that it's going to be, I, have him. I, I think it's going to be more like a, a 75-25 split. And Jonathan Taylor is really talented. People forget that he was, for the most part, being regarded as the more talented running back than someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire was in the draft. So mm-hmm. if that stays true, and the uh, then, then he could definitely – be a good guy to uh, do well in that Colts offense. And they have Phillip Rivers, and Phillip Rivers is on the decline a little bit. So they're maybe going to be trying to run the ball a little bit more than they would normally with someone like Andrew Luck or Jacoby Brissett. But uh, I think that Jonathan Taylor is in line for a a strong, a, a solid season for his first year. And then maybe in the future, we could see him do a lot more. Yeah, I think for fantasy purposes and also, I mean, a lot of people were regarding Taylor as the most talented rookie RB in the draft. I think Edward Solaire is more of a sleeper down low who may have been, like, more ready for the NFL than people thought. So I think, like, it's actually a solid pick for the Chiefs to take him at number 32. I'm fine with that pick just because he also fits that offense really well. He also fits the modern-day NFL with his pass-catching ability. So, um, yeah, Clyde Edward Solaire, definitely a great player to pick, but that's not who we're talking about right now. I think after Taylor, we've both got Cam Akers, right, Chris? Yeah, and the one concern here is Sean McVay has described the Rams' offense as a three-headed monster, and I just I've never really trusted the Rams' offense. I feel like Sean McVay's schemes have kind of been figured out a little bit, and that's hurting the entire team. The Rams have just been struggling overall as a team, so I think that that could hurt Akers. But this situation is just better than one for like DeAndre Swift, but uh or Sean Fawn, so that's why I have Akers, and I think that he's more talented than any of the running backs in Los Angeles, so I think that he'll get the majority of the touches. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how I would put it. Akers, for me, borderline top 30 guy. I'm not too excited about him. I mean, he's just a rookie, and people are surprised that he went in the second round, I think, but, um, like, yeah, it's kind of meh. Like, I'm kind of meh about Akers. Like, he doesn't excite me. I wish he excited me more. I wish I could say Akers is going to yeah. be my breakout candidate, but I just really – I'm about, like, average on him, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but next we this is where we disagree. I mean, I really don't like DeAndre Swift, but even I have him above Keyshawn Vaughn, who you have ahead. But, like, DeAndre Swift is 
He's going to get in an ugly timeshare with Carryon Johnson. I don't see him getting more than 50-50. There'll be about a 50-50 split in his first year. Maybe Carryon gets a little more of his carries. In this pass-happy uh, Lions offense, that only really gives about 12, 13, 14 carries to the running back each game, it seems. Or not each game, but Carryon Johnson had a lot of games where he just got like 12 carries. So um, I don't, I'm really not liking the split that's coming in uh, Detroit. So I don't really like either of the running backs. I think I've got Johnson a little bit higher than Swift, but um, Chris, you have Vaughn ahead of Swift, Keyshawn Vaughn of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to carve out a nice role in the passing game, especially, and uh, Tom Brady's going to be, I think, looking for a lot of the shorter throws. He's, I think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to kind of run a James White sort of role that we saw in the Patriots, with which uh, Tom Brady liked to throw and check down to James White quite a bit, and I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is even more talented than James White is, and and he's going to get some touches in the running game because I don't think that uh, Ronald Jones is extremely strong. I do like Ronald Jones, though, next year, especially now knowing that he's going to be the primary runner. I just think that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be a really nice change of pace and maybe even more than a change of pace as a, as a top receiving back and then a guy that also gets a few touches in the run game. Yeah, I realized I actually have Swift one spot ahead of Vaughn, but I'm going to be switching that up. So by the time you hear this, it'll be um, Vaughn or, – or not Vaughn, carry on Johnson – Swift, I have one spot ahead of carry on, but um, I think for me, it's just, I think Ronald, I, I know you see that Vaughn will think Vaughn will still carve out a role, but like, I just think Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones has been declared the expected starter. So I, I don't really see much of a role for Vaughn just because he was not really that highly rated coming into the draft. And I don't know if he'll be able to produce just in his rookie year right away, maybe in future years, maybe a better pickup for dynasty, I would say than mm-hmm. for actual football that's what you're going to see with a lot of rookies um like a better pickup for dynasty where you can sign him for like three years and uh, hope that in the third year they play better yeah uh the thing with DeAndre Swift for me is I just feel like Carryon Johnson is still a really talented back and then that's gonna hurt DeAndre Swift because you can't totally take out a guy like Carryon Johnson just erase him from the offense you know so. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I'm moving him ahead of Swift now, just because he's got more experience. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think by the time you'll hear this, Swift, or I'll have Johnson ahead of Swift on our website. I think Next. I might. I, I'm not actually sure. I think I might have Swift a few spots higher. I mean, it's fair. It's because he has more but... upside, I think. That's that's the reason why, because I don't, I don't really like either of the backs, but I think that Swift has more upside because he's a rookie and he has more boom potential, so that's why I have him. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I just... I think I would put Johnson higher. But yeah, again, by the time you're seeing this, if you go to sitesdoggoogle.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy, um, excuse me, you'll get to see all our rankings and articles. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So yeah, now we'll move on to our next rookies. I mean, after Swift, I've got Keyshawn Vaughn. Then I'll just list the rest of these because none of these are really that important. And I'm not really excited about any of these. After Keyshawn Vaughn, my next rookie would be Zach Moss then Antonio Gibson, then Darrington Evans, then Anthony McFarland. I mean, basically, you can just trust, like, any fantasy experts' rankings on these guys. They're about the same. I mean, I'm not really on the Antonio Gibson train just because Coach Ron, or, or Washington football team coach Ron Rivera doesn't really seem committed to using Gibson. they only really going to use him, I think, in select packages during his rookie year for the most part. And so, I mean, I'm not really on the Antonio Gibson train. But other than that, you can basically trust, like, any expert on – Zach Moss, uh, Darrington Evans, and Anthony McFarland. If you want to see my exact rankings for these guys, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. But really, like, I mean, these guys are just kind of meh. Like, you can have them at their ADP and you'll be fine. Like, no need to worry about 
stressing is, oh, is, should I pick Anthony McFarland here? This is not, a, I don't know. I can't decide. Like, don't, don't stress about it. It's, it's, they're basically, they're probably all going to be worthless anyway, because they're just late, late draft mm-hmm. running backs. And they're just mostly handcuffs, which a handcuff is just like, if for those who don't know, just an RB running backs backup who will. Yeah. Like, so take after, over. like a, after basically Swift. an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. For me, after Swift, I just have Gibson, uh, Antonio Gibson and Darrington Evans. And I think that I have them both very close to 60. I'm not really on the Gibson train either. I think that there's potential there because he's a a threat in, like, so many different ways. But uh, Evans, I think, could get a nice little role in the passing game as a change-of-pace guy for Derrick Henry, which could be nice. So just I just kind of threw them in, thinking that they have a little bit of upside maybe. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about handcuffs. We're going to go next to our best handcuff values. So, and I already explained a handcuff. So, what a handcuff is, for those who didn't know. So, Chris, you can start with yours. Chris, your first one is kind of just, like, my favorite, too. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can talk about him. Yeah, and it's Alexander Madison, just because Cook does have that injury risk. And we've seen Alexander Madison. It's not like he's only a situation guy or only because Cook has injury risk. Alexander Madison is a talented running back and he's like I mean even even if Cook isn't injured that's the thing with Alexander Madison even if Cook isn't injured like you can still maybe throw in Alexander Madison for a week and hope that he's I mean (laughs) it's questionable but like I feel like there's a chance that he could carve out even more of a role as Mike Zimmer kind of understands that Alexander Madison is a really talented back and if Cook does get injured I mean Madison could definitely blow up I mean, he has RB one upside if he if he if Cook is out, you know. So, I think there's a lot of potential there if there is an injury. Yeah, Alexander Madison. Um, yeah, there is potential for him. I've got, I've got to say, like if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, like and which like I think I have Dalvin Cook at like my number five running back just because he might get hurt. Make sure to draft Alexander Madison if you're taking Cook, by the way, because like Alexander Madison, he won't put up Cook like numbers, but he, if he takes over as the lead back for the Vikings, then he should be pretty good. Um, yeah, my first guy is Philip Lindsay. And uh, I mean, Philip Lindsay, he's not going to put up a ton of production. I just like him behind Melvin Gordon because I think people are writing him out of the offense too soon. Don't assume that Melvin Gordon's just going to completely take over just because he got paid 10 million a year. Philip Lindsay is talented enough that he's going to carve out a role. He is, he's been like sort of neglected by the Broncos, which I don't think is really fair because his talent is great. He's got some injury risk, but I think he'll get a few more touches than people think. I've That's why I've got him at number RB 38 and 106 overall, which I believe is a little bit higher than most people. Mm-hmm. And then your second guy, Chris, I mean, I'm not really, I would say Latavius Murray is going at about the right ADP, maybe a little high just because I don't see the, I mean, he, I, he could put up okay. Num- like, backup numbers for a while, but I don't see him ever becoming like a starter type. And that's what I'm looking for in the handcuff, the chance to become a starter. I totally disagree. Latavius Murray has definitely (laughs) has RB1 upside more than Alexander Madison does. Even when Alvin Kamara was playing, Latavius Murray was putting up more points than him at times. Like there was a point where I had Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And I started Latavius Murray because consistently week by week, he was putting up more fantasy points than Alvin Kamara was. He was getting more touches in the run game, and then he was still getting a few touches in the passing game. Alvin Kamara just wasn't able to get anything going, especially in the red zone. I wasn't seeing Kamara playing at all. It was all Latavius Murray. All the goal line situations were Latavius Murray. And so I just feel like even with uh, Alvin Kamara, I think that Latavius Murray is still a solid guy. And if Alvin Kamara gets injured, 
he's going to absolutely blow up. So I absolutely love Latavius Murray. I think that he's going to have a huge chance to be really nice. I mean, I just completely disagree. I mean, I think Alvin Kamara was like at 75% for most of last year. And that's that can partly explain why he won't get those touches. Drew Brees has gotten more weapons in the passing game to throw to. And Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. Um, he's got Taysom Hill, a gadget player who definitely will steal some touchdowns. So I think... Um, Latavius Murray, he just doesn't really have that much potential to take over the backfield because he never really completely took over from Kamara. I know he had like he had like two like 35, 40 point games, and that was about it for him. I mean, he was all he never really put up starter numbers, I feel like, for the rest of the season. So that's what I mean, I'm just not really excited for him next year. I think he might be going a little too high. I have him as around RB45 or something. So and actually below Madison. So I like Madison a lot more a good amount more. Um, my other guy, this guy is a guy who might be even going undrafted. I have him at number 129 overall, 40 RB 47. It's Adrian Peterson. I don't know why people are writing off Adrian Peterson so soon. Maybe it's because people see Bryce Love coming back, taking some touches, Antonio Gibson taking some touches, Darius Geis being the lead guy. But keep in mind that Darius Geis has never been able to stay on the field for more than a few games. And so if Darius Geis ends up getting hurt, Peterson could be the lead back on the Washington football team. Like he's still talented. He's, and he might even be splitting carries when Geis is out there. Like he's kept himself in the mix and he was good in that role last year. And we saw at times he could take over the starting role and be pretty good. And he's a guy who's going borderline undrafted. I feel like, so you could wait on him even way, way later than you could pick him way later than I have him in our rankings at 129. Mm-hmm. Um, So you, yeah, you can definitely one of my favorite values in the draft. If you're looking for like a fifth RB with some potential. Yep. Totally agree. All right, so now we'll go to players to target and players to avoid. So, Chris, you can uh, start out with your first player to target. My first player to target is Jordan Howard, and I just feel like uh, going to the Dolphins, he's going to be the lead back there. Brian, Brian Flores is a great coach, and uh, I kind of I, – I trust the Dolphins. We've seen a few guys. Like, we saw Patrick Laird have a few good games. Mark, uh, I think it was Walton, maybe, I wouldn't right? say Patrick Laird had good games. He got carries and didn't do much with them. <laughs> Well, but, okay, yeah, yeah. So, not good games, but he, he got carries. And so, they really trust any running back because they don't have many. But I feel like Jordan Howard is going really underrated. He had a few good games towards the end of the season for the Eagles and showed that he still has something there. I mean, he was a, he was one of the top running backs. I mean, not top, but, like, he was definitely one of the better running backs in the league when he was with the Bears a few years ago. And I think a lot of people have forgot about that. And he was a top running back on a Bears team that really wasn't talented. I mean, not talented at all on the offensive side of the ball, even when he was there. And so I think that uh, he can put up really solid numbers next year. I am a little bit worried about Matt Breida possibly taking some uh, taking some carries, but uh, for the most part, I think it's going to be Jordan Howard. And I actually really like Jordan Howard next year. I mean, I would say I'm targeting him, but I like him okay. And so, I mean, that's enough for me. I have him it's like around like number 33, I think, as my running back. My first guy to target is Chris Carson. Chris Carson was a top 12 RB last year. People forget. I mean, that may have – I'm trying to remember if that was in standard or half PPR. That might have been in standard leagues. But I have him as RB 15, number 23 overall. I think he could end up dropping a little bit further just because people don't really respect Carson's ability to hold on to that backfield. They may be worried about Rashad Penny taking over, which isn't going to happen. Um, I guess they have Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde isn't taking over. Chris Carson has maintained a hold on the backfield for a really long time. And he's just a nice, consistent guy that people really undervalue. So I'm going to be targeting him in my drafts or in my draft. Mm-hmm. And Tom, here's drafts a little too. piece of news that just came in. Uh, the Washington football team has just signed Dontrell Inman. 
Oh, inter- oh yeah, I mean, that's true. They lost Kelvin Harmon, a mm-hmm. wide receiver, to an ACL injury. Now they got another wide receiver, an Inman, who's just... I mean, he's got good veteran presence. I don't know if he'll make the team or not, but we'll have to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll move on now to... Let me see. Uh, yeah, my next guy... I'll, I'll go talk about my next guy now, James White, who I think is going very undervalued, especially in half PPR and full PPR leagues. He's going to be really good, I feel like. Or not really good, but nice and consistent. I have him as number 78 overall in RB29, just because he catches passes every single game. He gets consistent numbers. He has absolutely no upside. But he'll finish at RB29, and people are probably taking him lower than that. So I would be fine with taking James White, like, at his ADP, and then, like, I have him higher than where his ADP has him. Yeah, I just – I, it's not that I don't like James White. There's just a lot of guys that I like better. And I, when I'm picking, I like to look for upside. And so when you say that James White doesn't have upside, like, beyond 29 overall, I feel like if something goes wrong, then then – it could be a waste of a pick, but if things go right, he's still not going to finish that well. So I, it's not kind of a player that I like. I mean, sometimes consistency is nice, but with a later pick, once my team is already defined the running back and wide receiver position, because by the time you're taking him in like the seventh round, I think you'd have him there at 79. It just becomes a point where it's like, it's like I already have three running backs. I don't really need a guy that I know is just going to consistently put up numbers. I want someone that's going to put up a lot of, that has a chance to be really good and be be strong. So I think that he's not really a guy that I'm looking to get. Yeah, I mean, pure fantasy points, I guess that's true. But, I mean, he's going way lower than 78. Like, you could get him at around 100 overall. So I think yeah. that's a better spot for him, especially if you're deciding not to take running backs and you're a little weak at running back and you need that guy, James White could be a good guy to get. Although, I would recommend going three RBs in the first three rounds. Honestly, mm-hmm. I've done that. That's what works best for well, me. Honestly, uh. If I have an early pick, like if I have the number one pick or something, I'm taking two RBs and one wide receiver because one of my RBs is going to be Christian McCaffrey. And so I feel like I would rather get like maybe Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and then see if the next pick I can get like Chris Carson or something, you know? I would rather get McCaffrey than get like Chris Carson. And uh, I'm trying to think who would be around still. Uh, maybe like Miles Sanders. I'm trying to think. Yeah, but but like I I feel like then it just becomes a point where running backs are too stacked on your team, and I want to have a few people at wide receiver, especially in a half PPR league. You know? I'm gonna disagree because there's never a point where running backs are too stacked. I would go triple RB because after the third round, the running backs you'll see they really just run out. Well, like, but then I feel you like can yeah, get so many wide the wide receiver RBs, class this year you, is so stacked. You can if get you so dra- many- no, but if you draft three RBs that early. Then all your backup RBs, if one of them does really well, then you're kind of overloaded at some point. So No, you're not. I mean, you can trade. You can trade one away for, like, a wide receiver. I know, but then you don't have leverage because people know that you want to get – that you don't need one, you know? Well, I have four good RBs. That's great. I mean, but I'll also have good wide receivers, too. Wide receivers are so easy to find on the waiver wire. They're so easy to, like, draft later and just get good ones. Like, I'm just gonna, I'll just go triple RB and give me Robert Woods in the fourth round, my wide receiver 14. Then maybe say I had, like, a late fourth – or, I mean, maybe Woods wouldn't drop that far. In the fifth round, okay, maybe Devontae Parker, another guy I like, is gone. I'll take my wide receiver 19, Tyler Boyd. Or actually – Honestly, I mean, I've been able to get Tyler Boyd as a wide receiver three in drafts. Um, maybe I've, once my pick gets back around, I'm trying to think who would still be there. Maybe a guy like 
DK Metcalf and then Tyler Boyd. I mean, I'm fine with those three as my wide receivers. I think those are still guys you can get even with your, um, when you go triple RB and your RBs will be absolutely stacked and you'll thank me for it at the end of the season. This is something I'm never backing down on, especially this year. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll see. I guess we've gotten our players to, oh, you have to, you have to say your other player to target, Chris. This is kind of funny because I actually have this guy, Ronald Jones, higher than you do now that he's been declared the starter. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Ronald Jones. I think that I really like Ronald Jones next year and he's a player that I want to target. But the reason you have him higher than me is I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to cut out a little bit more of a role. But I just really like both Bucks running backs because I think that the Bucks are going to have to throw, do some running plays just because Tom Brady is getting old. And so despite them having good wide receivers, I think that there's going to have to be some running plays thrown in there. And teams are going to be playing so deep when you have wide receivers like Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Humphrey, or, or not Chris Humphrey, uh, what's his name? Wait, the uh, third wide receiver? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I'm not sure who you're referring to. I mean, they've got Gronkowski. Yeah, but they've got they've got one more receiver that I that I think could have a, a few uh, a good game. I, I'm trying to remember his name. Let me look that up. All right, and he bangs around as he's about to go look it up. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, geez, Jackson, I just did uh, some typing noises, so I my apologies. Never mind. I don't know who it is. But, yeah, I uh, actually didn't hear the typing. That's actually good. But uh, Gronk, yeah, but Gronk is there. They have a third wide receiver that I kind of like, so that's good. But I think that that's going to really open up the running game for them. They don't really uh, – they've got Tyler Johnson, Justin Watson, and Scott Miller. Oh, yeah, Scotty Miller. He's going to be – I think he's good average age. He's gonna be top 60. So, top 60? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. May, may, I mean, maybe. Uh, uh, just, uh, he may, he's probably a really deep sleeper, but I, I wouldn't draft him in your leagues. But um, so – yeah, let's see. So we can move on to players to avoid now. And uh, since I did two in a row before, Chris, you can start with your first. Who's Miles Sanders? Yeah, and I just feel like Miles Sanders, people are taking him too high as that rookie. I just don't – I don't really like his situation that much in, in Philadelphia. I feel like Boston Scott could chip away at his role. And I think that if when Carson Wentz is healthy, the Eagles are going to want to throw. And uh, I just didn't – I think that Mike – Miles Sanders is really overrated. It's not that I don't like him. I think that he's going to have a good season. I just think that he's being a little bit overvalued right now. So I'm avoiding him just because I think he's going a little bit too high. Okay. I mean, I think that that's fair. He's got some risk because he, I mean, the touches may not be there as much as people would want. So I'm like sort of average on Miles Sanders right now. I mean, I wouldn't nail him as the next breakout RB, but I think he will be fine next year. Maybe about mid-tier RB2, maybe a little higher than that. Um, my first guy to avoid is Melvin Gordon. And we talked about Philip Lindsay earlier. He's a guy I want to target in the draft. Melvin Gordon is going to be the guy who suffers from this. I have him 38 overall, RB21. He's going to go a little higher than that. I would bet most of my marbles on that. Um, but Mel- Melvin Gordon, he's going to lose some touches. It's not that he's not talented, but he's just going to lose some touches to a talented Philip Lindsay. And people are going to be frustrated seeing that Gordon's never going to fully reach his potential over in Denver. Calvin, what about this? For my second guy, I'm going to bet my second and goal fantasy football marble. Second and goal fantasy marble? Yeah, like I have a marble engraved with second and goal fantasy in it. <laughs> really? I'm going to bet that marble that David Montgomery is going to be bad because he is not talented at all. I'm avoiding <laughs> him just because he's going way too high. I think that uh, 
people are overvaluing him just because they think he's the only running back really in uh in Chicago. But they, a lot of people forget about uh, Tariq Cohen, I feel like. He kind of goes as a sneaky guy that puts up some points, and he totally takes away – David Montgomery's ability to have any kind of factor in the in the passing game at all. And uh, I think that Tariq Cohen is still going to take some running plays. And David Montgomery had such bad yards per carry last year. He's just not a talented back. And so I can't I can't put him high at all. And I I, I want to be looking for talent in the players that I'm picking. I don't want to pick someone just because of a situation. I want them to actually be good. And I don't think that David Montgomery is good. So that's why I'm betting my second goal fantasy marble. Okay, I mean, David Montgomery's not going to have a factor in the passing game. He's not going to be good in the running game, but he'll get enough carries, I think, to where he'll be maybe my, my RB24, like borderline RB2. What? Um no. I mean, actually, I'll move, I'll, I'll bump him down. I'll move Jones ahead of him. So actually, when you're hearing this, he'll be RB25. Uh, Jones will be ahead. That's way too high, Calvin. You, at the beginning of the season, you used to think he was like 40, remember? 40? Well, I mean, no, I just, yeah. I realized, though, that he's like a starting running back, and that's got to be something that you value. Um, like, like, I, they're like 32 starting running backs, you know? So Yeah, well, I mean, but some of them are in timeshares. David Montgomery really isn't. I'll yeah, bump him down. Tariq I'll Cohen. bump him down one spot. Okay. Wait, let me let me check where I have a... Uh, so now I have Ronald Jones as a borderline RB2. So very yeah, that's, kind of where, that's kind of where I have him, just on the bottom end of that. But uh, definitely a guy that I'd like to pick up as, as my RB3 or maybe even my flex. I'm really happy with that. All right. I mean, yeah, that's fair. So let's, okay, let's see. see here. Let, let's see. Let's see where I have David Montgomery ranked. I'm very sure it's quite low. Okay then. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. Why am I? Why are you making me use my password? Aren't I already signed in? <laughs> Let's see here. Scroll down. Versus rankings. RB. Ba-da-bum. Yeah, I have him at 35. That's I oh my, okay. That's that's kind of funny. That's a good debate that we can have. Um, But I mean, it's just, I, I don't believe in his talent and you don't believe in his talent. So I'm not really sure why we're debating this. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Very interesting. Kind of yeah. All right, I think so- that you're, you're more willing to accept him because of this situation, whereas I'm not willing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's both views are fair, I would say. So... Now we'll go to, um, let's see. Yeah, I, I guess we. you talked about both of your players to avoid. My other one's DeAndre Swift. And, I mean, I already talked about him earlier, so I won't spend much time. It's just mainly because I don't think he'll get many carries, and he's not that explosive. So, basically, he's my other guy to avoid at running back. So, we'll go to wide receiver. And the first wide receiver question that we have here is, where should you draft Michael Thomas? And, Chris, I originally had him at number three, but then I decided to move him down to number five just because I like McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and Henry better. Like, I think they're all, like, super talented running backs who will help your team in a huge way. Dalvin Cook's injury risk is enough, though, so where I put Thomas ahead just because Thomas is far and away the best wide receiver in this class. Yeah, I, it's it's tough for me because I think – I don't. I, I, I. The more I think about it, the more I think I might actually end up moving Derek Henry ahead of Dalvin Cook. I'll probably make that change. All right, let's go. I convinced you. It, yeah, it's been it's been like four A and four B, like I said earlier, for a while. But I just feel like I just trust Derek Henry, and the injury risk is just a little bit too much with Cook. And then I feel like I'll slot Michael Thomas like right in between them. So there, those three are like all bunched together. I can understand you picking any one of them with the uh, with the fourth overall pick. I, I'd be fine with you taking. 
Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, or Dalvin Cook. But uh, for me, it's going to be Derrick Henry first, then Michael Thomas, and then Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is I have Thomas ranked at number five. I might actually – I mean, I can't decide. I might move him down. Eh, I mean, I'll put him at number five, but I probably wouldn't even draft him at number five just because I don't like to draft wide receivers in the first round. Maybe it's not the greatest strategy, but, um, I mean, I'm not going to draft him at number five overall if I'm on the clock. I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah, it's just Tom, Thomas is my number five guy. I could understand him going lower. I'd probably take him lower. So, um, but who do you have after him, Chris? I mean, in, I mean, we all have this – I think these next six guys are all in the same tier, like below Thomas but above the rest of them. I think I've got mm-hmm. my next six wide receivers at 11 through 15 overall, and then I've got one of them at 17. But in this order, they're DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very fair, honestly. Like, yeah, I think that's a, a good rank, and they're they're all right there kind of smushed in. It's, it's that next tier of, like, wide receivers after Michael Thomas. Yeah, so wait, you yes, have – I guess you you have Hopkins and Adams, and then, I mean, I think you've got it basically the same. I think you have, like, one switch, though, right? Yeah, I have uh, Julio and Mike Evans switched. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you Not have Hopkins, Adams, Godwin, Hill, mm-hmm. Evans, Julio. Okay, that's fair. Um, I just, like – I like I think Julio's yards have always made him better than people think just because he doesn't score that many touchdowns, but he's very consistent. But – um, so we'll talk about our, our next – burning question now that before we get to players to target and avoid our top three rookie wide receivers plus we have a shared sleeper so and we basically just agree on this mine are in order justin jefferson who i think will slot into a nice stefan diggs role at for minnesota jerry judy who will get some targets from drew lock he'll split them with Cortland sutton but he won't be that good just because of the quarterback play and then cd lamb who Maybe we'll miss out on some on some targets as the wide receiver three, but he's talented enough to carve out a decent role over there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, my top three rookie wide receivers. It's got to be uh, Jerry Judy is my number mm-hmm. one. I think that's that's debatable, but it's got to be Judy just because I don't necessarily trust Jefferson's situation a ton. And uh, then I have Jefferson at number two, and. Jefferson, I'll actually talk about him in a minute, so I won't talk about him too much now. But then uh, Michael Pittman, who I absolutely love, he's not really even a sleep. I mean, he's not even a sleeper for me. He's a guy that I'm comfortable taking very high. So I guess he's a sleeper for for other people. But for me, I I don't really consider him as a sleeper. I think I consider him as a top rookie wide receiver. So uh, I guess you could say that my sleeper is Pittman, but if Pittman, I have higher than Lamb. If you wanted me to give one more, I guess I'd say C.D. Lamb is kind of a sleeper, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I like Jefferson and Pittman. Those are the two guys that I like at rookie wide receivers. I've got Pittman, like, 10 spots lower than you, though, which is kind of insane to think because and I still like him. I think I might have him around his ADP, but I'm like, I'd be really happy to get him. He's got some upside. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for Pittman next year as well. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, that's it for our rookies. Um, If you want to... Check out our full rankings of all the rookies. Go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. fantasy. <laughs> all right. So we'll go to players to target. And Chris had to choose because Chris has the three D's to a wide receiver draft success. And he chose, he had to choose two. And he did not pick Darius Slayton in players to target, which I'm so happy about. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's so important that you get DJ Moore and Devonta Parker. DJ Moore is going to be so good next year. And then Devarte Parker is going so undervalued. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. If you can get both of these guys, like 
one of my favorite picks is number one because I can get Christian McCaffrey, obviously, who's insane. And then I can get DJ Moore as my first wide receiver, then get another, like, running back, like maybe Chris Carson or even if someone like uh, like Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb drops like oh, that late. You'd get really lucky if they dropped that far, though. Yeah, or or someone like – if or something crazy happens or if there's, like, a another even, like – if there's just any – if Chris Carson, who's definitely maybe going to be there. I'd love to start out a team with Christian McCaffrey, uh, uh, TJ Moore, and – and uh, oh my goodness, Chris Carson. And then <laughs> right after that, I can get Devontae Parker. And then I'm set. I've got DJ Moore and Devontae Parker, and I've got Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson. Like, that's, but that's I mean, insane. The two C's and the two D's. Like, that's what you get from the first overall pick, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've got to say that is pretty insane. I mean, I like more about at his average ADP, so I'm not on him as a breakout, but I definitely agree that Devontae Parker is going so undervalued. I have him as wide receiver 13. He's going at wide receiver 20 in most people's rankings, which is just crazy to me because he was wide receiver 7 last year. So even if we see some regression from wide receiver Preston Williams coming back from his injury, which we probably will, but it won't, it won't be a ton, and he'll be at wide receiver 13 just settling in and great value. So, mm-hmm. but my guys are different. And these guys you might have expected, at least one of them. Allen Robinson is the first. Wide receiver nine, number 27 overall. If you got to draft him if you're not doing the triple RB strategy. Because I feel really bad because I'm almost certainly going to go RB, RB, RB first three rounds, no matter what. And that leaves Allen Robinson off of my team because he's not going to drop to the fourth round, even if even for people who undervalue him. But I just love him a lot just because I think his wide, his receptions numbers are going to go up because, I mean, for me, Mitchell Trubisky is going to get benched for Nick Foles at some point. Allen Robinson got 154 targets last year, only caught 98 of them because of Trubisky's bad accuracy. If Foles comes in and Robinson's receptions go up even more, not only that, he's got, according to Fantasy Pros, the Chicago Bears have got the easiest wide receiver strength of schedule in the entire league. So that helps my case for him too. Robinson's just so dynamic. He can catch anything. He's the only guy there. And so I'm really excited for him. If he can produce like he did with Trubisky, then, I mean, especially in PPR because he gets so many receptions, I I like him even more. But if he can produce like – that like that with Trubisky imagine like if Nick Foles comes in although Nick Foles isn't that good he's more accurate so I'm excited for Robinson either way next year Mm -hmm. and then my next guy is Robert Woods I have him as wide receiver 14 number 37 overall just because even when the Rams changed their offense to throw to Tyler Higby more Woods stayed involved and he was quietly like around I think wide receiver 14 last year or something like that I think he'll continue that this year Getting him in round four is a nice value, I would say. If you get him, if you go triple RB, Robert Woods should be there for you in the middle of the fourth round. And then you're like, you got your wide receiver one. And yes, he's a little weak for wide receiver one. But like, if you're going triple RB, your RBs will more than make up for it. So don't worry about taking Robert Woods as your wide receiver one. I'd be perfectly fine with it in my draft. Especially Mm -hmm. like if your RBs are all stacked. Like you've got, say, let's see here. Who would you have? You might have Aaron Jones, then you got Kenyon Drake, then you got, um, ooh, let's see, who would still be around? I can't think of one. I don't know. I mean, it, it, dep- it depends. It depends on where you're picking. But if you get tr- triple RB and then get Robert Woods, it's a good pick for me. So, Chris, are you ready to move on to players to avoid? Yep, definitely. All right. So yours are Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson, correct? Yes. So right. the thing with Debo Samuel is I'm a little bit worried about the foot injury. I just feel like he's 
like almost some of his value comes in the running game because he gets a lot of jet sweeps and stuff. And I just feel like the, the 49ers are too run dependent. Like, and, and he, as much as I say, like running is part of his game, he's not going to get enough runs to really be a viable fantasy option. And he's not going to get many passes because he, he already doesn't get thrown to that much by Jimmy G and, uh, and the 49ers love to run the ball. They, I mean, that's like their whole offense is based around running the ball for the most part. So, He's just not going to get much value, and I just don't think there's really much upside with Debo Samuel. He's struggling with a foot injury now. That could come back to bite him just because he's going to be running on that. You know, foot injuries always seem to seem to be one of those nagging injuries for players a lot of the time. So I think that there are a lot of things that could go wrong. And then I have Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson, I really like him if they can work it out, but I think at the moment he's just too risky for me. I, it's not that I don't like Justin Jefferson. It's just he's too risky because I'm worried – about how that could work out with Adam Thielen and the whole slot receiver thing that a lot of people, I think, are forgetting about. So I'm not willing to take the risk of Justin Jefferson. Well, yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson mostly played as a slot receiver in college, but he's got the skill set. Yeah, I know. But he's got the skill set to still, like, go to I don't know, though. We haven't seen that, though. We saw it in college. He's got the skill set to be an outside guy. But we we never saw him play outside, so how can you – you don't really know that. I mean, I I mean – well, I mean, in case you guys didn't know, Adam Thielen also a slot receiver, so that's why yeah. this is the problem. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think he'll he'll adjust to outside. And there's a reason nobody the Vikings don't really. I mean, and there's a reason nobody really seems to be worrying. I think he'll be able to adjust. But okay. I mean, Debo Samuel is going to also lose some targets from to Brandon Ayuk. He just doesn't get enough targets mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I think I think it's just going to be a little recency bias because people are going to be taking him high because of his playoff performances. So just mm-hmm. watch out yeah, for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my that's guys, another reason that I'm avoiding him. My guys to avoid, if I got these guys as my wide receiver one and two, some people would be, ha- like, fine with Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. Hilton as their wide receiver one and two. And I'm like, Ugh. no, Even that's I'm like- awful. He, Juju is my wide receiver 25, number 51 overall. Where is the evidence that Juju can produce as a wide receiver one? You may say Ben Roethlisberger came out. That made all the difference. You're telling me a 39-year-old quarterback made all the difference? I'm not buying it. Juju has never proven he could excel in double coverage. There's a reason why he didn't play well last year. And yes, Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges were not great at all. But we've seen guys like Allen Robinson able to excel with awful quarterbacks. So if Allen Robinson can do it and Juju can't, that proves Juju's less talented than Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is very talented. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. But I see Juju just going behind a lot of these guys that I'm really excited for in wide receiver, just because wide receiver is so deep. And then T.Y. Hilton I have at wide receiver 33, just because his deep targets where he so thrives are going to go down with Phillip Rivers. His injury risk is still there. Michael Pittman may take some of those short to intermediate targets. I think Rivers may end up preferring Pittman to Hilton by the end of the season. It's a definite possibility. So I've got him at wide receiver 33. And uh, overall, I've got him number 65. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll move to tight end. And so this is our first question. I think it's pretty unclear at the top. I mean, it's kind it's, it's a difficult question at the top for who the first tight end should be and where they should go because tight ends are always an interesting position in fantasy and at quarterback running back and wide receiver, there's a clear cut number one, but at tight end, I think Chris and I disagree about who's the number one. Um, I think it's George Kittle. Chris thinks it's Travis Kelsey. And we'll talk about where, I think we should think they should go overall in a moment, but Chris, you can talk. You want to talk about Travis Kelsey first? Yeah, I think that Travis Kelsey is just overall the more talented, or actually, oh, no. I won't say he's more talented. Don't I tell think me that he's more a, talented. Yeah, yeah, I think he's around the same talent. I just think that George Kittle is a uh, more of an all-around player. Where Travis Kelsey, I know he's just a pass-catching tight end. He's going to catch a ton of passes. Patrick Mahomes loves to throw to him just because he's so big. 
when Mahomes scrambles, he's always looking for him just because he's, you know, he's an easy open target that, that he can hit, like, because he's a bigger guy when he's, when he's scrambling. And uh, he loves to throw to him in the red zone. Travis Kelsey gets so many touchdowns. And even I think last year, he didn't have as many touchdowns as you would expect. I think that there were a lot of, there were a few times where he should have gotten more touchdowns. And I think that that'll, that number will go up uh, from what it was last year. I think it was only like five last year. And I think that that'll go up. I remember like two years ago, he was catching like, he had multiple games where he scored two touchdowns and he gets like almost a hundred receiving yards a game, half PPR. I just absolutely love Travis Kelsey. I mean, I like Travis Kelsey too. I just think Kittle's slightly better for me. I have him at number 25 overall, just because, I mean, I think Kittle might be more talented than Travis Kelsey. He's gonna, he's due for some touchdown positive regression, as fantasy analysts call it, back to the mean. He got a couple touchdowns called off by penalties early in the season. He was playing through an injury last season, and he still averaged exactly the same amount of points per game as Travis Kelsey in half PPR. And I'm not exaggerating, literally exactly the same. So I just think Kittle's going to be better. Kelsey's a year older. Kittle's more in his prime. And so I've got Kittle at number 25 and Kelsey at 26. So it's kind of close for me. But then again, it's just really not. I mean, actually, I think I'm going to move up, honestly. Here, let me see here. I think I will move uh, Allen Robinson ahead of Travis Kelsey and ahead, or I guess I'll move Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, and DJ Moore ahead of Travis Kelsey and then not ahead of George Kittle. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you are you ready to m- move on? I guess we've got to do. Did we? Okay, that's that's our qu- first question. So we got to move on now to uh, who goes after Kelsey and Kittle, and uh, excuse me, and where overall do they go? Yeah, this is kind of a bit of a tough one because I think that there are a lot of good guys, but for me, it's got to be Mark Andrews. I think that uh, he's just too talented in that Ravens offense, and I think the Ravens offense is gonna continue to be really good and Mark Andrews is going to continue to be a big piece I think that Hayden Hurst was sort of becoming a lot more it has become more and more talented what was became more and more talented as the season went on so he kind of started to take away a little bit I think that that's going to be absolutely no problem with someone like Nick Boyle and now that Hayden Hurst is gone I think that Nick Boyle is really aging out and he's just not he's he's not not that good he's not aging but he's just more of a blocking tight end isn't I think he's really old no he's not he's pretty young Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm almost positive. I'll look up Nick Boyle age. Actually, by the way, guys, oh, I yeah, decided, he's only 27. I so, decided uh, to keep I, Kelsey at the uh, spot I had him before. I think I'm thinking so. of another Ravens uh, uh, tight end that retired a few years ago, maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I have Kelsey. I, I kept Kelsey at the same spot, by the way. I, not to change the subject or anything, but so wait, you've got. Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you've, you've got Mark Andrews. I agree with you. I think for me, I also have Darren Waller next just because, I mean, w- w- Henry Ruggs is going to help him get out of that double coverage that plagued him last year. In PPR leagues and half PPR, he was so good because he got a lot of receptions. I think he'll be able to have more big games this year now that he's um sort of – he's not going to be able to – they're not going to be able to – defenses aren't going to be able to double cover him with rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs, like, able to take the top off defenses. Yeah, I really like Darren Waller as well, Calvin. I, I like him a lot. I think that he's going to have another good season. And he just catches so many passes. So especially when we've switched over from standard to half PPR, I like him even more. Uh, and I definitely think that he's going to be the number four tight end. Yeah, I agree. I think number five is where we get a little bit different because I've got Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby. Chris doesn't like Zach Ertz next year, and neither do I. I have Ertz at number 62 overall. 
Um, so outside of the fifth round, because I think Dallas Goddard will keep continue taking touches from him as well as now that wide receivers are coming back to uh, Philly, like the wide receivers are coming back from injury. I think Ertz will decline even more. So he's going to be very overrated just for name recognition. And then mm-hmm. I've got Tyler Higby right behind him at number 63. Actually, I think I might have, uh, I'm trying to remember. I guess I have Ertz at 62, but I've got Higby at 63. Um, mainly because even if he regresses from what he did last year, he was insane last year. He was the number one tight end when he was like in those five weeks where he just put up all those numbers. Gerald Everett may take away some touches from him, but Mm -hmm. he's still my number six tight end. Yeah, that's very fair. I I don't mind Tyler Higby. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of regression. And I just don't, I don't think that he's going to be able to put up good, that good of numbers, but I still think that he could be a nice sneaky, like pick a little bit later. I think that he's going a little bit too high for my liking though. Uh, yeah, so after after uh, um, uh, Kittle and Kelsey, I have Mark Andrews at three, Waller at four. Then I have Ingram at five, and I think that the thing with Ingram is he's gonna he. There's a good chance that he gets injured, but if he does manage to stay healthy, he has top three, top four upside. I think he could be better than Darren Waller's and Mark Andrews, and even finish number three. Daniel Jones loves to look to the tight end position, even when uh, Ingram was out, he threw to Rhett Ellison, and we saw uh, some other guys from the Giants offense like little known tight ends get numbers and maybe be put on rosters. I'm trying to think, do you remember who the other guy was Calvin? Wait, the, the other guy for wait. tight end for the giants. Like once. Oh yeah. Um, what's his name? I think it was just Rhett Ellison. Wasn't it? No, no, there's one more. Uh, I have Ingram at seven, by the way, I'm just too worried about his injury risk. Like the, yeah, I, the giant source told, said that Ingram would like, he thought, in, or he or she thought Ingram would never stay healthy. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm not yeah, really that's, that's the thing. It's just, it's really tough, but uh, I think that if Ingram is healthy, he definitely has top three upside. So that's why I have him at number uh, at number five. Yeah, then at me, number six, I have Zachary. So yeah, I mean for me, it's more like top five upside. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess because it just Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey, George Kittle, I trust them all more. Yeah. So our third question before we get into targets and of players to target and players to avoid is what are we doing with Gronk? Gronk is super interesting because he lost some mm-hmm. weight, took a year off football. I'm still worried about his injury risk. I've got him at tight end 11 and a hundred overall. Um, he's going to go too high in more less experienced leagues because of name recognition, but he's just not going to be the player he once was. And I'm pretty positive about that. Yeah. I don't like Gronk at all. I have him at tight end 15. And I think the only thing that's going to keep him afloat is Tom Brady, just because Tom Brady will try and throw to him, but he's there's, he's probably going to get injured. And even if he doesn't, I just feel like he's not hes not going to be in as good of game shape. He's had a year off. And he was already on the decline with the Patriots when he retired. So I don't think that there's going to be much good coming out of him. And there was a source that said that none of the teams in the AFC East were even worried about Gronk. Or I mean, not in the AFC East, in, not anymore. But uh, in the Bucks division, they weren't worried about him at all. Like, they weren't, they weren't concerned about him playing a huge role on the Patriots. Or Patriots. On the Buccaneers at all. So <laughs> I think that that's... Nothing's going to come. Wait, are, the Bucks are in the NFC South, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, so we'll move to players to target, and I think this might be our longest episode ever. I think it probably is. Um, yeah, I think Chris, we're already over an hour. We oh, we're way it. over an hour, I'm pretty sure, by now. Oh, but, wow. Or not, not like way over. Maybe like, if I had to guess, maybe an hour and 20 minutes in right now. But I'm not really sure. You guys can obviously see where we are in the episode. But um, my first player to target 
is Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki really showed that he could play well last year. It's not that hard for a guy like Gesicki to become a top 10 tight end just because there's not a ton of depth usually in the tight end position. So I've got Gesicki at tight end 10, 98 overall, but he's in like this group of like a few tight ends who are all about the same for me. I think Kasicki showed a rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if Tua Tagovailoa, who's the more talented quarterback, just comes in, Kasicki's helped even more. He really was like on the rise last year. And he's undoubtedly very talented. My other guy is Hayden Hurst. And Hayden Hurst has top 10 tight end upside. I've got him at tight end 13, but 102 overall. So he's four spots behind Kasicki. Who, who I have at tight end 10. So, like, he could easily be my tight end 10, basically. And um Hurst, I think mm-hmm. he'll take over the role that Austin Hooper had. He may not do it as well because I think Hooper's more talented, but he's going to get a lot of targets and produce very well. So I'd be really happy to have Gesicki and Hurst as my two tight ends. Yeah, I'd actually be pretty happy with that, too. Another two tight ends that I'd be happy to get is Jared Cook and uh, Dallas Goddard. I feel like Jared Cook is going to be a really consistent guy that has a little bit of upside just because he's so good at getting touchdowns. But even from a yard standpoint, he's really consistent. And I feel like uh, the while the Saints, you might say they have insane wide receivers, they're actually not that deep Like at the wide receiver position. They've really got Michael Thomas, and then it kind of falls off a cliff a little bit. And I feel like Jerry Cook is kind of there to clean up the targets in, that go in between like Michael Thomas and, and the number two and three wide receivers for the Saints. So I really like Jared Cook. And then Dallas Goddard, he's up my big boom pick at tight end. I think that he could be really good because I think that there's a chance that he takes over from Zacherts. I've said this. Basically, it seems like in every episode that we've discussed tight ends at all, I think that Dallas Goddard does have an opportunity as the season goes on to maybe even take over the majority of the catches from or the majority of the targets from Zacherts. I mean, I think I, I don't think it's like going to be the majority, but I think Goddard will chip into Ertz's targets a decent amount. Jared Cook is a good red zone threat for me. I don't have him like at number seven like you do, but um, I'm I'm not like targeting Jared Cook in my draft mm-hmm. either. So we'll go to players to avoid. My first is Noah Fant. He, I have him as tight end 16, 151 overall, just because when has Noah Fant proven that he can produce besides one game? He did it in one game. Now the Broncos have added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. He's got a bad quarterback there who's not even going to be like throwing that well, not even going to be that good. And like, where are the targets going to come from? Where is the efficiency going to come from that people are projecting? I'm shocked that I didn't even like Noah Fant before the draft picks of Judy and Hamler. Now that those guys are there, I'm not really sure why analysts are still have, having Fant as a nice breakout candidate because there's really nothing there. I wouldn't be surprised if he falls out, honestly, maybe even out of the top 20. That's even a possibility, honestly. And my other guy is Chris Herndon, the fourth who I have on the Jets going undrafted. Ryan Griffin, the backup tight end over there, is on the physically unable to perform list right now. When he comes back, he'll definitely cut into Herndon's targets. But even though Sam Darnold likes throwing to the tight end, Chris Herndon has never really, he had a few good games two years ago. He's never really panned out since. He's had trouble just like getting those targets. And now with the Jets adding Brashad Perriman and drafting Denzel Mims in the draft, I think those targets will go down even more in a bad offense that's coached by Adam Gase. So it's bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh. Back to Adam Gase. Yeah. Adam Gase is just an awful all-around coach. Not, not, I mean, he's an I mean, he's... NFL coach. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a great coach, coach. Obviously, he's in the NFL, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, in the NFL, not a good coach should be probably will be fired after the season and should mm-hmm. be. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, and then my players to avoid. Uh, the first one is Zach Ertz, and like I said, it kind of goes along with Dallas Goddard starting to take over the role. And one of my bold picks is that Dallas Goddard will take start to take over that role. So I think that makes Zach Ertz a player that I'm not looking after or looking for. And then Evan Ingram 
it's just I really like him if he doesn't get injured, but I just feel like there's a little bit too much injury risk. And I feel like people are still going to be taking him too high just because they're not really taking into account how much injury risk he does have. Yeah, and guys, keep in mind, like, these are the players that you should probably 99% avoid. But if these guys are dropping really, really far in your draft, because, like, everyone listens to the podcast, just Mm -hmm. feel free to draft them. It's not, like, avoid them at all costs. It's avoid them at almost all costs, basically. So we'll move on to defense and kicker. And if you want to, again, if you want to hear our rankings for those, or sleepers and rankings and busts for those positions, listen to our previous week episode. But right now we're just going to discuss draft strategy. And the draft strategy for the defense is really don't draft one early. There's probably going to be someone in your league who does. And um, don't draft one early. Keep in mind, the Bears defense was far and away the number one defense last year. They were going super early in all drafts, and they finished like, I don't even know, like maybe 16 about average. So defenses are just so hard to predict a lot of the times just because turnovers are so fluky and they're so important for fantasy defenses that like even good defenses sometimes don't perform that well in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then for, but for kicker, I think it's a different story just because kickers are so easy to predict. Mm-hmm. Like if they have yeah. a good if, offense, if they're they have pop- a good offense, yeah, bang, then they're draftable. I mean, so it's kind of tough to decide whether you're not or you're not or not you're uh, going for a kicker or a defense first. But I'd say actually, I'd, I'd rather have a top kicker in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I've been taking kickers before defenses mm-hmm. sometimes in drafts. I think um, it's like if basically you ranked the top thirty-two offenses, took out their kickers and then starting kickers and put them in a ranking. I bet it wouldn't it wouldn't be too bad of a fantasy ranking just because mm-hmm. it's so easy to predict how well a kicker will do. Yeah, and yeah. That's basically it. Like, you can take a kicker a few rounds early, but if you're waiting, I mean, I just have to mention this. Yes, I said I wasn't, we were, weren't going to talk about sleepers and busts, but if you're looking for a kicker in the last round, get Youngway Koo on the Falcons. He was the mm-hmm. number one kicker yeah. when he took over that job. Number one. He could be a top tier kicker that's in the last round. Some people have him outside of their top 12 or at least borderline. So if you're waiting on defense and kicker, grab a defense. The strategy for defense is to grab a defense that has an easy week one matchup, then stream defenses for the rest of the season. And eventually there will be a couple defenses that become elite from the waiver wire almost for mm-hmm. sure. Like the 49ers. And the Steelers and the Patriots all did last year. Then, and this year, um, oh wait, what was I going to say? Yeah, this year, the, um, the, yeah, oh wait, what? I'm That's okay here. Oh, I got it. I got it. But, uh, so yeah, here's a good spot for me to go. I was going to say Zane Gonzalez. I absolutely love Zane Gonzalez. He's in a, he's in a loaded offense with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kenyon Drake. So he's going to get, be getting a ton of opportunities. And he's a consistent kicker. He wasn't really missing his field goals. So I like that. And I think that he, I have him as my number seven kicker, and I think that right now he's going even lower than that, and people are just totally underrating him because there's no name recognition at all. So I think that he's going as a guy that you can get as kind of – if you want to get defense first, then you can easily just get Zane Gonzalez like in a later round because he's going so deep. So that that is a case for a defense first, in my opinion. If you're going for – I think it's, it's worth it to go for a top kicker and pick one before a defense, but uh, I wouldn't – I wouldn't recommend getting, like, Zane Gonzalez before you get the 49ers defense. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, though, about Zane Gonzalez, a couple years ago, he was, like, so bad. Like, he was the Browns' kicker, and a couple years ago, the Browns were bad. He he couldn't make a field goal. He was genuinely worse than, like, a lot of college kickers. And then suddenly he gets good. I don't know what happened. He flipped the switch, and now he's good again. Yeah. But, I mean, I I like Zane Gonzalez, too. But Youngway Koo, last-round kicker, has number one potential. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he does. 
And uh, yeah. But if you want to hear more about kickers, there's a lot more we had to say about defenses and kickers. Listen to last week's episode. But, I mean, that's it for this week's. We're finally done. That was our fantasy football draft preview for 2020. Um, So I'll give out, I guess, should we give out the links? Sure. All right, link time. If you want to check out our rankings and articles, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. If you have questions about fantasy football, email us at second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter for updates about the podcast, you can do so at SGF pod and um, make sure to rate and review us on Apple podcasts. We'll read them on the show and uh, keep downloading wherever you listen, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher and tune in. If you want to check out our live show, our weekly sports talk show, Um, We have a weekly sports talk show, and we also have, um, about all sports, we also have, do live broadcasts, Chris and I, about games, we do play-by-play, we do, like, various analysis of teams and different stuff. You can go to sportscastr.com slash sgsportstalk, or you can download the Sportscaster app, again, sportscastr, and that's the way I spelled it, and you can watch us at sgsportstalk. And, um, yeah, if you want to check out... Or if you want to follow that live show account on Twitter, you can do so at SG Sports Talk. And if you want to check out, we also write, um, we're interns at Sportscaster and we write articles for a mm-hmm. site called Tech Mobile. Yep. So if you want to check out our articles on Tech Mobile, you can go to tecmoholecom slash author slash Calvin K for mine. Or for Chris's, you can go to tecmoholecom slash author slash Christopher. So make sure to check those out. Um, I don't think I missed anything that time. Oh, if you have questions for our live show, you can email us at secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. So thanks, everyone, for listening. This was a fun episode. This was fantastic in terms of content. Mm -hmm. Jam-packed. We started going really fast, and I think this still might have been about an hour and a half at the end. Yeah. But this is your official Second and Goal Fantasy Draft Guide. It's possible. I mean... We might be doing a fantasy football marathon episode, but I mean, after this, I feel like this is just the episode to listen to. I don't know if we need to do a fantasy football marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you want to hear like all the information you need, basically in an hour and a half, this is where to go. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.